0: welcome back to Britannica with me Jess Crook and my co-host Wes Robertson. Hello. Uh today we've got our first Japanese artist on the podcast. Uh that artist is Minaki Washima of the band Sai. Uh thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. We're really
1: no, you're very welcome. So I'm I'm very happy to be invited <laughs> to to this podcast. Thank thank you. We appreciate
2: it. Yeah. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to anyone from Japan yet, so mm-hmm. we're we're very excited to do so. Uh, I imagine most people who listen uh, are very very familiar with size music but if you were to describe it to someone who's never heard it how would you do so uh, what genre of metal uh, would you put it under
1: i don't know it's, it's very hard to explain a uh, music with you know the words but uh basically you know, uh, music is of course you know, based on heavy metal and we take in anything you know from jazz to classical to you know techno and then everything because you know my musical i have two biggest musical backgrounds because I my mother was a classical piano teacher. So I started playing the classical piano at the age of four. So, you know, classical music is you know one of the biggest ones. And then I got into heavy metal when I was mm-hmm. a teenager in the 80s, because in heavy metal was very big back then. So yeah, you know, I, th- I think you know those classical music and heavy metal are the two biggest background of size music. But other than those, you know, there are a lot of things. We don't have any limitation. Mm-hmm. in know, uh, yeah, music.
0: And so what attracted you to the genre of metal, um, you know, to begin with, given that, you know, you say you also have this background in classical music?
1: Well, it's very hard to tell, but uh, I must say heavy metal was, you know, it, it used to belong to mainstream in the mm-hmm. 80s. So it was not, it was, it was nothing unusual to get into heavy metal back then. Because, you know, I had some classmates who were also into heavy metal, and also I think you know I grew up in the seventies when you know the this occultic thing was very big. You know, every little you know kid was into the the you know ghosts, UFO, and Nessie and those <laughs> things. So you know, so yeah, I think it's, it affected me mm-hmm. very much personally because heavy metal was and is pretty much connected to that kind of evil occultic mystic things so probably that's one of the reasons i was attracted to heavy metal in the first place when i was you know 15 or 16
2: did you first encounter like uh western bands or did you first encounter japanese
1: bands Uh, like loudness or seikimatsu or well yeah basically the, the the bands from the 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 u.s and europe but because in the 80s it was very cool to listen to the the music from abroad Mm -hmm. when you are you know 13 or 14 because you started listening to a lot of j-pop when you were when you were eight or nine but when you turned 13 or 14 you had to start listening to something cool like you know (laughs) from the us or from europe so yeah i think it changed a lot nowadays all the kids are listening to j-pop but um when i was a teenager you had to listen to the music from from the west mm-hmm. so it was you know ozio's born and iron maiden which i studied listening to f- first you know hmm. so were were
2: japanese bands in those genres not seen as cool
1: it's it's very hard to tell but i i liked loudness and seikimatsu as you said but uh i wasn't very you know enthusiastic about the Japanese metal bands that much because to me, heavy metal was the Western culture. Sandy, you know, the mm-hmm. money was limited. Time was limited. So I didn't see any point in picking up the Japanese bands first when you could have bands like Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne, or I Am Eden. you know, mm-hmm. you had to spend your money first on those, you know, the leading bands mm-hmm. in the scene. So Okay.
0: Hmm. and when you first started engaging with those bands particularly the, those from the western context did you pay attention to their lyrics early on or like was it just oh. like the music that attracted you
1: well lyrics, lyrics were very very important to me so I, I liked the bands like Venom very much mm-hmm. because I, I, I really I still do I really like the, the you know very evil uh, occultic bands because I was totally into thrash metal and uh, in early thrash metal scene, all the bands were very, very evil. Because thrash metal was very evil until must-have puppets, mm-hmm. you know, hit the scene. Because after that, you know, all the bands tried to become in- intelligent. But um, before that, <laughs> all, you know, all the bands, try, you know, were talking about Satan and that kind of occultic things, which was very, you know, attractive to me. Hmm. And um, because you know, I, I speak English because I I learned it through heavy metal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was very you know, the, the, the learning those lyrics by heart was one of the the, the way to learn English. It, it meant mm. a lot to me. Okay. Yeah.
2: I mean, what, what attracted you about the stories of kind of, you know, uh, evil and the devil and stuff? Because, you know, that's very different from, like, the Japanese religious context, right? Yes.
1: Well, it's, it's totally different. And I think, you know, I, th- I think the, the, the Satanism and anti-Christianity more or less, you know, has the, the aspect of uh, the, the, the rebellion in the West. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, all the, because, Christ, you know, Christianity sets the standard of w- what is good. In your life but here mm-hmm. in japan it's totally different you know nobody believes in christ or you know any god at all most of the japanese people are very you know atheistic but so to me that kind of you know satanism and anti-christianity was you know it was it was very it, it was like a fantasy hmm. like you you were attracted to the same as you know attracted to the horror movies as i mm-hmm. said i grew up uh, leading a lot of, you know, occultic mangas and, and watching a lot of horror movies. So that kind of lyrics were, you know, the, the part of that, my interest. It has nothing, you know, to do with rebellion or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just a fantasy to me. Mm-hmm.
2: So through this then, did you get kind of a sense of of metal lyrics in English or metal English having a certain style or form? Because obviously, you know, the the lyrics... If you're learning English through metal lyrics, it's quite different from the English in like a textbook or even that, you know, people speak day to day on the street, right?
1: Well, maybe it's the text, the English in textbook, especially here in Japan mm-hmm. is totally, you know, kind of crazy. Yeah, like, like, you know, you know, like, like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a everyday English. It's just totally different, but uh, yeah, I, maybe the, the, the lyrics, lyrics are, yeah, the, the forms are different, but I read a lot of magazines from the Europe, you know, from Europe mm-hmm. and the US. I, I, I bought a lot of fanzines because uh, I couldn't find any information on underground thrash metal bands in the, the major magazines written in Japanese here in Japan, so I had to import these you know, underground magazines. So I, I, learned, I learned English a lot through those Mm-hmm. It's probably, it's, it's better to say that rather than learning directly from the lyrics, because as you said, the lyrics are, you know, po- sometimes poetic and mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think you could like differentiate metal lyrics from non-metal lyrics, particularly if they are in English?
1: Well, probably the, the words used are totally different because, yeah, because of metal I learned a lot of words like in you know, a sacrifice sacrilege or you know those words you usually do not learn from the textbook mm-hmm. so yeah it's different i guess
2: what makes metal lyrics good or bad for you
1: well i it's very hard you know it, it depends you know some bands have a uh, great lyrics some are not but um it's, it's okay you, know, you don't have to be a good lyricist to be a good metal band it's the same for that the playing skill mm-hmm. you don't have to play great you know sometimes because in the bands like venom their playing skill was horrible but, <laughs> it, but even you know their the bad you know their bad playing made them a great band mm-hmm. you know it's it's one of the the charming thrash metal and the same for the, the lyrics some you know the the, the german thrash metal bands like creator destruction sodom they mm-hmm. all had a horrible lyrics mm-hmm. like you know the destruction had uh, the line like satan is my teacher it's one of the the, the worst line you mm. know, you ever made but but it still sounds cool and creator had a song like ripping corpse nobody can tell what it means and even Sodom has an EP named uh, Ex- Experse of Sodomy. So there is no word like Experse. Probably they meant to be expulsion or something. Mm-hmm. Right? But they, made, a, they made, made up a word like Experse of Sodomy. But it was one of the charm, it, it, you know, one of the good thing about German's first metal, it, the musically, they were very primitive. And they also very, very primitive lyrically at the same time. Yeah, mm.
2: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get an angry letter from a fan of German. <laughs> yeah, metal. for
1: sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, what what makes though um especially of that early stuff you grew up listening to? What made lyrics that were good? Like, what was what made a lyric that sounded uh, not silly good, but like, ooh, that that's you know, I liked reading that. That was enjoyable.
1: Well. Um... I personally like, you know, primitive stuff, you know, both mm. musically and there we go. know, I, as I said, you know, I started learning the classical piano when I was four. So, you know, I kind of had uh, some backlash to the, this sophisticated music, like okay. classical music, and you know, I was kind of forced to learn the piano. So probably the reason I got into thrash metal and heavy metal was, you know, the backlash to my musical background. So, so I, I really, I don't know, I was totally attracted to the the, the those aggressive music with no melodies. So it, it was totally opposite of the, the classical music I had, had to learn when I was a kid. So mm. probably that was one of the reasons, I guess.
0: Mm. And how about when you first started writing your own lyrics? When did you start with that?
1: Well, yeah, I started, I started this band when I was 19 or 20. But I personally do not think I am a lyricist. I, I'm a musician, but, uh, well, yeah, it's, I don't think my lyrics are particularly good or anything. <laughs> It's, it's it's kind of difficult for me to write mm. It it's always difficult for me to write the lyrics the the, the latest one the, the we just released the, the new album this year called shiki and uh this time i wrote everything you know the hundred percent in japanese so I'm, pr- I'm pretty much proud of the the lyrics on that album but other than you know those i'm, I'm not sure if, if i'm i'm um uh, it lyricist or not it's very hard to judge it very objectively mm. so, um, how about you your f-
0: approach to writing lyrics has that changed over time given that's you know been quite a while since you first started and you know still well, now
1: Well as i said in you know shiki that the, the latest one is totally different because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to express my naked feeling this mm-hmm. time because now i'm 52 and um, unfortunately death has become something totally real. Of course, you know, I have been dealing with, you know, the death things even from the very beginning. But when you are 20, death is just a fantasy. Of course, you know, you have to die sooner or later, but it's very hard to feel death at something real when you are 20 or 30 or even 40. Mm -hmm. But now I'm 52. I just lost my dad and... Unfortunately, some of my friends started dying. So, death is you know a harsh reality now. I'm, I'm, I'm totally full of fear of death. So, I wanted to express it as straightforwardly, mm-hmm. you know, as possible. So, it's, the approach was totally different this time. Before that, you know, before this album, I the lyrics I wrote were more or less fictional, like mm-hmm. uh, horror movies. So yeah, this time I, mean, I to- totally took the, the different approach.
2: Hmm. Well, actually, so going back to the start of when you wrote lyrics, um, as you mentioned, this new album is in Japanese and there was some Japanese, quite a lot of Japanese on the album before that. But um, up until now, you've mainly written uh, your lyrics in English. Yes. If we go all the way back to Scorn Defeat, um, oh. when you first kind of you know, put an album together, do you remember uh, why you decided on English at the start?
1: Well, because as I said, I mainly I was mainly listening to the, the bands from the west. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, I, I listened to some Japanese bands like Loudness, but uh, 99% of the bands I was listening to were from the US or Europe. So I thought it was very natural to sing in English because mm-hmm. to me heavy metal was you know, something to be sung in English. Also, I thought, you know, the, the heavy metal or even rock had a strong connection with the rhythm of English because mm. in the rock, rock was born, it, it was kind of, you know, spawn of the, the rhythm of English, rhythm of English. So you know, English is a very, very rhythmic language, especially compared to the Japanese one because Japanese, is not rhythmic at all, it's rather melodic because mm-hmm. all the letters have vowels. So mm-hmm. basically we don't have any voiceless word, voiceless mm-hmm. letter. Well, we, we, we sometimes, actually we sometimes do, but uh, most of the, the letters are, you know, with, with a vowel. So there is no rhythm like English. Mm-hmm. So then we, we tell the difference of the meaning by intonation So, you know, Japanese is a very melodic language. So it's not, sometimes it's not easy to sing over rock rhythm or, you know, extreme metal rhythm. So that's why one of of the reasons I decide to Mm -hmm. uh, sing in English and also, you know, our fan base is, you know, it's our fans are mostly from the U.S. or from Europe. Of course, we have some fans in Japan, but uh, most of the, the fans are from the, the U.S. or from Europe. So, And I wanted the fans to understand what I was singing. So that, that, that is, you know, that was mm-hmm. another reason I sang in English. So, you know, that first one, the, the singing in English was very natural to me. And um, because of the, the second one, the Japanese is, is not a rhythmic language. Mm-hmm. And the third one, our, our fans uh from the US and Europe. So I had three reasons mm-hmm. I decided to sing in English back then. Do you feel any
2: like, um... You said natural, but did you feel any, like, pressure over it at all? Like, uh, because going back to, you know, Japanese rock, there were the debates uh, between members of bands like Flower Traveling Band and Happy 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 End. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Over, you know, over English and Japanese in the rock scene. Did those same debates exist in the early
1: Japanese metal scene? Yeah, actually, I, I think so. Because, but uh, the problem was, uh, you know, some, some bands tried to sing in English, but they had a pronunciation problem. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not easy for the Japanese people to, you know, pronounce English properly because it's the, the, the pronunciations between Japanese Japanese and English are totally different. So some bands tried to sing in English, but our fans didn't like it because mm-hmm. of the, the strong Japanese accent. So, it, it was not easy for the Japanese heavy metal bands to sing in English. But when you play in the extreme metal, it's, you just have to growl or scream. <laughs> so, the, the, that problem won't well, sometimes, you know, you, you don't have to face the, the, that kind of problem. Mm-hmm. I think that, that is one of the reasons they did a lot of the Japanese extreme metal bands sing in English. But if you play, melodic heavy metal, you have to care about pronunciation, which is a huge problem for the Japanese people. Okay.
0: Mm. But was it difficult at all to like begin writing lyrics in English? Um, the reason we wanted to ask this is because even on your first album, to Defeat, you have lines like, even your existence, the throbbing ground denies, the only thing for sure is everything was just belied, that are quite difficult in terms of English grammar and vocabulary. Did you have a particular process in trying to write lyrics like this? No, it it was not
1: difficult for me at all. Actually, it it was easier for me to write in English because if you use your mother tongue, it has to be very direct. Mm. Sometimes it's very difficult to write in Japanese, but uh, this time, as I said, I wanted to tell my naked feelings. So I thought it was easier for me to write oh. in Japanese. So it's, it's it's a totally different process for me to write in English or write in Japanese.
2: Oh, wow. So you weren't nervous about it at all? Like, um, I mean, just like, when I was emailing you in Japanese, whenever I write a Japanese email, I'm always worried. Is it too polite? Is it not polite enough? And I end up, like fretting over it and I worry oh no I sounded rude or oh no I sounded you know and it, it causes me all these even after using <laughs> Japanese for a decade it, it, it like writing in a, yeah. a, a, a formal email in Japanese scares me you when you were just writing English lyrics you had you're just like it just felt easy it felt free
1: well because it, as you said the, the one of the the problem about the Japanese is it's the, the level of politeness mm-hmm. there are so many levels of politeness and um you know there are so many Different ways to say the same thing in Japanese, so it's very difficult to write in write the lyrics in Japanese because if you try to write some in, in write in the rude way, it can easily be very pretentious.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But um, I, I'm I'm sure there should there should be some polite the levels of politeness in English, but it's it's way simpler. Hmm. Than, than Japanese, I guess.
2: Um, you do though, kind of sprinkle a little bit of Japanese into your early releases on uh, mm. your English releases on on songs like you know Shiki or So Shiki from yeah. Ghastly Funeral Theater. Ah, mm. uh, you have the phrase "Use the Kodoku uh, loneliness to annihilate" on the song "Victory of Dakini." Um, what is the goal in kind of using uh, little bits of Japanese throughout your early English lyrics? Was there kind of an effect that you were going
1: for? the first one, for as far as scorn defeat, actually, kodoku is not about solitude. It's it's, oh, okay. a, it's, it's a some occultic word, oh. which cannot which cannot be translated in English. So it's it's a kodoku is a do, doku is a poison. So ko, ko is, is. Oh,
2: it's word. that it's the it's the one with the um the animals in the pond. Oh yes yes. Yeah okay yeah that, I've that, seen that the, that's I've good. seen a pun that used that actually with um making a joke on loneliness and poison using that. The, the, the black magic thing, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So the, the ones on Scorn and Defeat were, you know, that kind of stuff, which cannot be translated in English. So I had to mm-hmm. use the Japanese word because there is no word for kodoku in mm-hmm. English. But as far as uh, the, the same for infidel art, they, they mostly the Japanese words used are the occultic, mm-hmm. you know, the jargon things. But uh, for ghastly funeral theater, actually, a Ghastly Funeral Theater was supposed to be a split LP with a Japanese band, Abigail.
2: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
1: so it was supposed to be, uh, you know, some, you know, the split split LP between two Japanese bands. So we had a plan to make it a very Japanese album, mm-hmm. both, you know, us and Abigail. But um, it didn't work because the record label of Abigail didn't let them do it. So it ended up as a EP, you know. That's why, you know, the the, the titles are in in Japanese and the cover artwork is Japanese and some of the lyrics are in Japanese. But mm-hmm. so it was very intentional to make it a, a very, you know, to 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 make the album have uh, some Japanese feelings. So, mm. Th- mm.
0: Well, in addition to like those English and Japanese lyrics, there are bits and pieces um, of lyrics from other languages like Latin and German, especially on the more recent albums, um, as in song titles like uh, Hangman's Hymn in Paradisium, uh, Des Ende Dies Ire, um, The Master Malice, um, and Cadit No Pestis, um, Nos Pestis, um, Plague Strikes Us, um, or French, um, as in Gavotte, Grim. Um, Grimm, um, Gavot Grimm, or uh, L'Art de Mourir, um, The Art of Dying, and Excommunication à Minuit, Excommunication um, at Midnight. Um, so, why did you decide to use these three languages um, for titles? What was the well, motivation behind? Because for,
1: for uh, regarding uh, Hangman's hymn, mm-hmm. the, the album was based on Requiem. You know the, the the form the form of Requiem in the classical music. So, the, the, some of the titles are taken from the 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 name of the, the the title of the requiem like Introitas and Kyrie, so that that's why I use some Latin. I, I you know I didn't choose to use Latin intentionally. It, those were just the title of the requiem. So oh, okay. that's why yeah I used uh, some Latin words. I had to use some Latin words for hangman's him. And, and uh, some French French because I was just learning. French back then I was totally into French music and I wanted to read some French books which were not trans- translated into English or in Japanese so I had to learn some French so that was my personal you know boom things mm-hmm. so that's why I use some French so th- there's no particular reasons other than that
0: <laughs> that's interesting nonetheless <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so it's just like a little a testament to what you're studying oh yes <laughs> yeah okay. Um, well, in your early English lyrics, uh, there's a lot of references to religions like Shinto and Buddhism that have long mm. existed in Japan, um, including there's times where you use Sanskrit mantras kind of as is. Uh, there's specialist terminology like tembaku, uh, the loss of freedom due to earthly desires. There is um, a song where you list the Buddhist quote unquote wisdom kings, uh, Kongo, Yasha, Fudo, mm. Gundali, Daituko, and uh, gozanze on Ready for Final War, uh, the song Shingon Tachikawa, which references the medieval uh, Tachikawa style of Shingon Buddhism, accused of school worship and sex magic. Yes. Uh, and then multiple tracks represent, uh, sorry, mention Shikigami and uh, Shiki Ojui, which are like summonable spirits. As you mentioned earlier, you know, black metal metal has long had references to religion and Satanism and religious terminology. But why did you specifically uh, decide to use Japanese religious stories in your works? Did you see this as a way of like participating in the global tradition? Was it uh, something you're personally interested
1: in, or some kind of combination of these factors? Uh, Well, because uh, the, the the first, I didn't want to write the you know the anti Christianity, anti Christian or satanic lyrics, because, you know, as I said, you know, I, I I thought, you know, the anti-Christianity or Satanism is, of course, you know, the, the rebellion against the society and rebellion against Christianity. But when you live in Japan, there there is no point in, you know, being against Christianity because nobody believes in Christ. Nobody goes to church on Sunday. So what is the point in you know, talking shit about Christ when you are a Japanese. So I, I never ever wanted to, to, you know, use the topic of anti-Christianity or, or you know, Satanism. And as I, as I also said, you know, I was totally into this kind of occultic things. I really liked it's Japanese occultic things and Asian occultic things. So I thought, you know, I should pick up that topic as a Japanese, and uh, th- most of the lyrics I wrote early days were influenced by a, a manga named uh, Kujaku-o. Do you know Kujaku-o? Uh, I haven't read it, no, no. Kujaku, Kujaku is a peacock, you know. O-o mm-hmm. is a king. So mm-hmm. Kujaku, Kujaku-o was one, one, one of the, the, the greatest occultic manga comic here in Japan. So, yeah, it... it Deals with a lot of stuff from shikigami to kodoku to you know, Shingon Tachikawa things, so it's, it's it, it covers a lot of Japanese occultic things. It's, it's a great manga, so if you have a chance, you know, you should check it out. So, okay, uh, was yeah, one of the biggest inspiration on our early lyrics for sure.
2: Oh, interesting. Was you mentioned, you know, that you kind of designed some of these lyrics for. English speakers abroad often, because uh, that's where your your fan base often was. Did you kind of hope that they would look into these and and learn about these you know Japanese stories, or was it just you know what you wanted to write about and that wasn't really a consideration?
1: No, I, I, but never thought about it. I, I don't care, you know what people <laughs> you know think about my lyrics. It's 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 personal. You know, more or less. So, well, if you get interested in the Japanese culture because of my lyrics, that would be great. But if you are, if you don't, it doesn't matter either. Hmm.
2: Okay. I mean, uh, do you have you had at Shows fans ever talk to you about the lyrics or the,
1: especially the Japanese stories in them? Oh well, yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. You know, people are totally. You know, there are a lot of you know Japanese manga nerds who know much better (laughs) about manga than i do so sometimes i'm i'm I'm, you know Mm. Wow! yeah
0: and how about like your selection of like japanese stories like do you ever think about like which you know japanese stories um will kind of fit best or be most compatible with metal music or is this just kind of following your own interests
1: Well, I I don't know, it's, uh, as far as it is about, you know, dark thing, it it should fit the music, Mm. you know, we we play, I guess, Mm. you know, I I like, you know, dark music, I like the dark, the dark lyrics, I I like everything that is dark, so as far as it is dark, it's okay with me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough, yeah. Um, So basically throughout uh, all the lyrics you've written
2: until now, one major consistency uh, besides, you know, some dark stories has been the presence of rhyme. Uh, Even on your first song of 1993, Scorn Defeat, you start with the rhymes uh, bright as the sun, work will be done, flying in air, goddess will tear, uh, ending four different lines. Uh, 2015's Grave Word title track has the pattern Despair, Prayer, Breath, Death. Mm-hmm. And even in 2018's Air to Despair, which is mostly in Japanese, the, the title of the album is, mm-hmm. you know, a rhyme. Uh, why do you think you keep coming back to rhyme as a technique? Uh, what draws you to it in your art?
1: Well, I don't know, because I thought, you know, the the rhyming is the, the most of the the metal metal lyrics I was into had rhymes, you know, mm-hmm. like uh like in the black metal night, Meta, we fight, the power that said explode. the energy screams, the magic and dreams, like in the black metal by Venom. Well, so I mm, well, I just would yeah, I, I, I wanted to write the the lyrics with some quality, unlike the German one when I studied the band. <laughs> Well, and um, w- one of the reasons I didn't like the Japanese metal bands was their poor lyrics. Like, um, you know, uh, it, some of them were like written by a three or four year old kid, and which I didn't like very much. So I, so when I started Sai, I wanted to write as yeah, I wanted the lyrics with some quality, and, uh, I th- and I thought you know the rhyming is one of the, the 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 condition to to make it a uh, something with the quality. So yeah, yeah, I try to rhyme as much as possible.
2: Hmm. You mentioned earlier uh, that you know you were kind of pushing back against classical music a little bit, uh, hmm. in metal. Rhyme is, you know, certainly a kind of classical element of, of art in a way, right? Is, mm-hmm. is it, I guess, is, is there like a clash there at all? Or No, I
1: didn't, I didn't think so. I, I don't know, I just... Well, r- rhyme is a you know, rhythm, so, you know, the mm-hmm. thrash metal or black metal is a very rhythmic music you know rather than you know it's, it's because you, you there is no melody basically there is no melody on vocals so vocals are uh you know rhythmic instrument rather than you know when you compare it to the, the normal pop music or heavy metal so i thought you know the, the lyrics had some rhythm a you know, strong rhythm so rhyming is uh part of the 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 instrument to to make it very Rhythmic, so mm. probably yeah, yeah. I, that's I, I don't know if it's right or not, but uh, that's what I thought. Yeah.
0: Mm. Well, we'll talk more about your Japanese um, lyrics in a moment. Um, but generally speaking, there didn't seem to be um, a lot of rhyme in the Japanese lyrics. Um, this didn't surprise us um, too much, as rhyme isn't as historically important in Japanese music and poetry. Uh, but on your most recent album, um, Suki, there seems to be um, a place where you are intentionally creating rhyme, Um, specifically on the track of the track Shoku. Um, There are sections where you sharpen the final sound of words to create rhyming links, Um, as in Byoki, uh, Kyofu, uh, Roku, Gyoku, um, sickness, fear, old, body, and suffering, becoming uh, Byok, uh, Kyof, Rok, and Gyok. Um, Please excuse my pronunciation, I'm not a Japanese speaker. Um, does the effect of this rhyming in Japanese feel similar to you um, to the English ones, or is it a different purpose here? Yeah. Well,
1: well, actually, there are a lot of rhymes in mm-hmm. shikis lyrics. There are mm-hmm. so many, but I'm, I'm sure even the Japanese people are not aware of. But I, I put a lot of lyrics, not a lot of rhymes, in 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 the lyrics on shiki. But as you said, you know the rhyming is not a very traditional technique in Japanese poem but these days because of the hip-hop thing mm-hmm. you know people are you know started getting familiar with the rhymes so, but um uh, the, the rhyming in Japanese is is has you know has to be different from in English because as I said all the letters have vowels
0: mm.
1: vowels so it's 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 a it's a bit different but uh it's, yeah, but because of the hip-hop, the now, now a lot of J-pop has a rhyming too. Mm-hmm. I, I took that technique in Siki's music, but I, I don't think, I'm, I'm quite surprised you were aware of that. Because yeah, you, you know, nobody asked me about this, about the rhyming thing, even in the, in the Japanese interview. Nobody at all.
2: Well, I was just, I listened to the song, and it's to me, it was very clear that you were pronouncing them a little differently than than expected. Um because like you know, uh roku for old body, I, I didn't know that word, but you know, kyofu was a word I was very familiar with, but it definitely sounded like kyof And because of that, you're able to say like bjok, kyof gyok, and this kind of impact there. And you know, outside of hip hop, it, it did seem surprising. Um, and we've looked at for research practices, uh, some Japanese metal bands that don't use any rhyme at all. So it was the first time I'd seen it. So mm. I didn't realize it was going all the way through. Would you, would you say that, that hip hop has
1: influenced how you wrote your Japanese lyrics? Actually, yes, because yeah. my, my son is totally into it. So <laughs> I was, of course I, I don't listen to the Japanese hip hop at all, but I, my, son was into it. So, and um, I thought it was very interesting hmm. to, to rhyme in Japanese. So I, I, did some analysis on Japanese hip hop and and took it into the, my, you know, the the writing process. Oh,
2: interesting. I
1: did not expect uh, Shiki to be a a hip hop influenced. I I, I have never ever admitted it in any way, (laughs) actually yes.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that's kind of the opposite of, of Ryman being absent from your lyrics so far is that uh, there's no swearing at all in Japanese or English in any of your albums so far. Um Despite, you know, swearing being quite common in metal, especially some of that the old, uh, earlier, older stuff. Is there a reason that you've avoided words like shit or kuso in Japanese throughout uh, the lyrics so far?
1: Well, because, you know, as I said, if I try to be too rude it, it can be very pretentious you know mm-hmm. if, it, it's okay but probably it's very natural that's the 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 native English speaker say shit or you know that kind of things but I, if the Japanese people say shit or well I mean, it sounds too pretentious or campy or I don't know what, what to say but uh, that's one of the reasons I don't use those four-letter words in English but um is it's just, is uh, yeah of course you know you, you say so in, in 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 everyday conversation but uh if you put it in, in the lyrics this can be a yeah and again' it's, it's difficult to make it sound cool
0: hmm. this
1: can be yeah
0: It's interesting that comments kind of similar to something that we've like heard from English speaking um, artists who have said that, like, if they write down like a four letter swear word in their Mm. lyrics, it seems like cringy or like, Mm. you know, it's not natural, like, Mm. you know, how we would swear in real life. And so, you know, it's a bit weird to include. Mm. Mm. Um, Well, going back to patterns in your lyrics, we did also notice that you used a lot of numbers um, in your lyrics early on, um, especially uh, five. So your first album references Five Lords and May 5th. Um, Infidel Art mentions three ordeals. Um, Ghastly Funeral Theatre mentions Five Lords and Five Elements, Nine Stars, Nine Letters and Nine Words. Um, Hail Horror Hail has um, songs called 42, 49 and 12 Souls. And again, mentions Five Evil Lords and Impaling a Doll five times while counting Seven nights. And Scenario 4. Um, mentions a fourth desert um, being six feet under. So what's the intent in using all of these numbers?
1: Well, I think it's very, it, it's not a Japanese thing or anything. It, it's very, it's the same everywhere, like seven gates of hell or nine circles. You know, I think, that, I don't know why, but because, uh, you know, in Kabbalah, mm-hmm. it, it, the number has some very important meaning. So I think, you know, the occultic, thing likes the number because okay. yeah mm. i guess that's the same thing and you know those five lords on may 5th it's 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 taken taken from the the, the kujaku again so <laughs> yeah because probably you know these ancient people like to find some meaning in, in those numbers and it's, it's the same thing i guess but uh, 40 to 49 it, it's totally different 40 to 49 is uh it's just some play word word play or something 42 is uh in, in japanese the, the number 42 and 49 i hate it because four is pronounced as she so mm-hmm. it it's, it's it's the same as death mm. and, and 42 is she ni so it's, it's again it's about uh death and nine is ku you know, it's pronounced as ku, q or ku, but ku is suffering, mm-hmm. the same as suffering. So 42 and 49 are numbers hated in Japanese, but uh, it's, it's connected with the pronunciation. So if you pronounce, if you, if it's pronounced in English, 42 or 49, it means nothing because it, it has nothing to do with she or ku. So it, it was in you know, some, some kind of a philosophical play Forty to forty-nine are mm-hmm. is, is a number headed in Japanese, but it's it's the, the title is forty to forty-nine in English, so it means nothing. So <laughs> I, he is, I was into that kind of, you know, what do you say, philosophical things back then. So it, it was. It's kind kind of the the play mm-hmm. of the word, yeah.
2: Has your interest in this kind of play or even this kind of occult stuff changed a bit? Because um, since Imaginary Saun Escape, uh, there's no lyrics that count numbers at all besides a mention to a third eye and another use of six feet under. Uh, do you know why this change might
1: have happened? Well, yeah, because uh, after Hell Horror Hell, probably from the, the scenario for Dread uh, Dreams, we were kind of sick of the image of black metal because... um especially in in the late 90s, there were so many young black metal bands popping up here in Japan. And, uh, you know, we were kind of sick of being categorized as a black metal band. So uh, we tried -hmm. to get away from the image of black metal from scenario for Dread Dreams. And it's very obvious on imaginary sonic scapes. It has a very more, much more psychedelic, you know, druggy, image and and uh, we we try to to uh to uh, remove the the evil or dark image from that album so that kind of image kind of came back after that but um yeah cuz Ririkari on imaginary sonic scape that, it, it didn't have any occultic things at all i guess mm-hmm. it's more so that, that's the reason i guess mm.
0: right
2: what kind of caused that switch what what about black metal was like do you think that black metal changed in a way you didn't like or did you change in a way that made kind of those black metal themes less interesting to you
1: well you, you know it's, it may sound strange but I, I've never been a huge fan of black metal because my root is in the 80s thrush metal like mm-hmm. you know the, the thrush metal before master of puppets the evil thrush metal so, uh, so I never I've never been a huge fan of black metal in, in the first place, but, uh, mm. you know, because in the in late 90s here in Japan, the scene was totally flooded with uh, you know, young, unoriginal black metal bands who, who were wearing the corpse paint as everybody you know everyone else did and you know they try to breathe fire on stage like we did and you know so we, we wanted to stay away from them so mm-hmm. we, we, we tried to appeal we were not a black metal band back then so
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that was you know kind of that kind of things yeah
2: oh, okay so i mean you've been described uh in media as black metal quite a lot and you know going back you were on death like silence um way yeah. back in the day Is that something you've, so that's never a label that you've like
1: enjoyed? Well, actually I I don't care. So Mm -hmm. even if today, if I am asked, I say we are a black metal band because Mm -hmm. there's no other term to describe our music. We we are not a thrust metal band. We are not a death metal band. We are not a doom metal band. Then what are we? Because black metal is, is a, you know, black metal has everything from the bands like Blasphemy or Beherit to sometimes it includes the the bands like Alcest, you know, the the music it includes, you know, it embraces it's very varied and wide. So, and as I said, you know, we, our music is heavily rooted in the thrash metal from the eighties. And I think, you know, black metal from the early nineties was more or less the resurrection of thrash metal from the 80s against grindcore or death metal, which was mm. trendy back then. Mm. So in that sense, probably categorizing us as a black metal is not perfectly light, but it's not wrong either. Mm. So if you are asked, probably saying we are a black metal is at least the, the, the better answer than anything else, I guess.
0: Well, before we get into your Japanese lyrics, um, we noted a repeated theme um, of death, um, with words like die or death um, appearing, um, yeah, four times uh, in ghastly funeral theatre, and yeah... about 60 times um, across um, yeah, your um, album and hang this hymn, um, including lines like, um, die, all the believers die, um, die, all the deceivers die, 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 the end comes so quick, die, 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 uh, this ain't tr- uh, magic or a trick. Um, so songs about death are obviously quite common in metal, mm. um, but why do you personally keep returning to this theme?
1: It's very hard to tell, but um, wow, probably because of creeping death. That, that's a, that has a huge impact, Creeping Death by Metallica. Mm-hmm. The, you know, yeah, because it's die, die in my hand. The, the audience uh, has, has a call, you know, die, die, die. That's, that's a, you know, that's one of the, the, my image of heavy metal lyrics. And um, wow. Well, and then, as I said, you know, I have been attracted to death somehow, but not only me, probably all the people are attracted to death. Uh, well um, if they're even if they're not aware of it because the, the if you it's the, the if you look at if you watch the, the TV news it's it's full of death you know people died or somebody was killed and so everybody has to die sooner or later so you have to but if you keep thinking about death you you know you you will be filled with it and you can't live your normal life so you have to forget it when you are when you are leading your normal life but uh probably i'm sure everybody has uh thought about this in in the back of your head
2: hmm.
1: so well yeah probably that's one of the reasons i i have been dealing with this as a topic for the lyrics i
0: write hmm.
2: Has your interest in death as a topic changed over time? Like when you were writing songs about death when you were much younger versus now, is the way, is what interests you about that topic or what you want to say about that topic something that has changed?
0: Particularly given that you said that, like, you know, you've become, you've had a different relationship to death as you've grown older.
1: Yeah, it is totally changed. So now, you know, death is, uh, this is something I have to face, you know. So it's not, it's not fantasy or it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not something like horror movies at all. So even if you know, I was told, you know, I had some you know serious disease and would not live that long. I, I can, I could believe it now when you were 20, you would never easily believe it at something real, something like that. But now, you know, I, I can feel, I'm very close to death. Probably, you know, I may live 20 or 30 years, from now, but I'm still. I can feel death as something that is very close to me. Unfortunately, so you know, as I said, the the, the lyrics I wrote for the, the latest album are not fictional at all. It's a uh, mm. it's my honest feeling I mm. have right now. It's different.
0: Mm. Well, you mentioned earlier that, like, Japanese was kind of the vehicle for you to um, express those honest feelings. Yes. Um, but we wondered, like, so unlike your kind of most um, recent album, there are kind of titles in um, Air to Despair that are still in English and, and Latin. So um, we were just wondering why you didn't use Japanese for the titles on Air. Air, air to
1: Despair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. It puts, you know. it's was, you know... I, even for Shiki, at first, maybe fifty percent of the lyrics were in English. Mm-hmm. So it was half and half again. But uh, you know, I found f- for this time, I found the, the old Japanese poem written about eight hundred or nine hundred years ago. It's a, it's a do you know issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. The, it's um...
2: a for people that are listening that don't know any Japanese, they're like uh, playing cards kind of that have oh, poems yes, on them. Yes, and yes. Uh, they're very short. And like from elementary school about, people play a game where you hear yes. them read out loud and you have to slap the one that's being read. So they're they're very well-known little poems.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a playing card. But actually, originally, uh, uh, that was a collection of the mm-hmm. poem. So written about 800, 900 years ago. And I found the, one of them. Was very very interesting. So it, it was about about a man uh, watching the the cherry blossom uh, being blown off by the strong wind in in this, in, in spring. Because in the, here in Japan, a cherry blossom are of course you know, something very beautiful, but it is also the symbol of fragility mm-hmm. because cherry blossoms go away. Usually, you know usually go away in four or five days in spring so it implies that your heyday is heyday is short so the 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 poem in Hakuni issue it shows that the, the old man watching the the the, the cherry blossom is in you know being blown off by the strong spring wind you know, he identifies with the the petals in the wind as himself, who has to die very soon. And um, I thought it was very interesting that someone from 800 years ago had exactly the same feeling as we do now. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, the science has evolved over these years. Now we have internet, now we have AI, but still we have to have the fear of death exactly the same as someone from 800 years ago. So the fear of death never changed, no matter how much the science evolved. Mm-hmm. So I did, So that's one of the reasons I decided to pick up my fear of death as a topic of the album. And then I, the, the cover artwork of the album is based of, on the poem, you know, the, the old man watching the, the, the cherry blossom. So then I decided to, you know, sing all all the lyrics in 100%. After that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I stumbled upon the poem, the poems. So, so even, even from the first, you know, for, for the album, I, I was I, I was not sure if I had to use all the lyrics in Japanese or even that the title could be in English too. So that was a trigger. The, 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 the old poem was a trigger that I... I've changed the direction of the, the, the lyrics and the titles. So,
2: yeah. So when you moved into Japanese on Air to Despair and, and this album, was there anything that you found about suddenly writing in lyrics in Japanese that was difficult, like really difficult, that didn't exist in English?
1: Oh well, yeah, because, you know, yeah, it's, of course, you know, the, there are some, do, do you know the word kuyashi? Mhm yeah like regret
2: regretful like kind yes. of, yeah like you want, want something to happen but it's not happening and there's like a frustration yeah, yeah.
1: but you don't have an exact word in english no not not really no so so there are some terms like that cuz so if you have if you want to express your feeling 100% you have to use your own language hmm. that's that's yeah so there there should be some difference to write in your second language or in your mother tongue so I, i'm i'm quite sure i'm quite sure if i if i wrote in english this time this 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 had to be something totally different i wouldn't totally but it had to be a bit different than you know yeah. is there a freedom in using english then because
2: there's a bit of a you can You have a bit of a distance from it that doesn't exist for Japanese? Okay,
1: Because that's why I said, you know, Mm -hmm. writing in English was easier.
2: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, Well, one thing we noted in the Japanese that you've written is that um, for people listening that aren't familiar with Japanese, uh, Japanese vocabulary are divided between uh, wago, which are Japanese native words, kongo, which are words from uh, Chinese, and gairaigo, which are words from other languages, including English. And on both Shiki and Hair to Despair, you have a tendency to use a lot more uh, wago than other word types. Uh, so, for instance, on the lines like, uh, um, which, if I translate horribly, something like, who will convey it? Uh, if all is lost, even the voice we should listen to, uh, no one will know. There's uh, no Congo in those at all. Uh, and in lines like uh, only the word unme in that uh mm-hmm. clasp your hands to a God that shouldn't be I understand the desire to pray but uh turn your eyes to the unavoidable fate if we are saved will it cost our lives just the word fate there is is Congo um and there's also times where even you write what looks like Congo, but it's actually a wago, uh, such as on shikabane, you have the word um, what looks like an or eternity written down in the lyrics. But when you sing, if you listen to what you're saying, uh, the word that you say is towa, which is uh, the similar meaning, but uh, wago. Uh, and likewise, the song Fuyugakuru doesn't have a single Congo word on it. Is this tendency something that you have noticed while you're writing? Um, like, does this surprise you at all? And do you know why you might trend towards Wago over
1: Congo? I don't know, I never thought about it. I never (laughs) noticed. Oh, this is a very interesting thing, but I don't know if I, but probably I have to compare it to how it is when I speak in daily Mm -hmm. life. I don't know, it's just very, yeah, it's just very interesting think. But the, the reason I used the word shikabane, of course shikabane is not a word you usually use in your daily life because shikabane rhymes with shiawase mm-hmm. and uh, it, it rhymes a lot with in the line. Shikabane I, I forgot. Shikabane rhymes with uh, three or four words in those lines. That's one of the reasons I used that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's the reason I use the word shikabane. But, uh, well, yeah, I never thought about it. Well, sorry, I can't give any better. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I was wondering. You mentioned um that poem that you encountered, and I I was reading an interview where you mentioned that poem as well, and I just was, and especially uh, the, you said that poem inspired um Fuyugakuru especially. And some of those old you know haiku poems that Hyakuni issue are based on did have a, a tendency towards wago is there any like secret influence from that
1: by chance well I, I don't I don't think so basically you know the, the Hyakuni issue was written in 800 900 mm-hmm. years ago so if you read it you can't tell what sure. it is about sure so you I, I don't think so Oh, I just remembered. Yeah, I tried to avoid gairaigo intentionally mm. when I wrote. Yeah, that I, I might have used just one word. Yeah, I don't remember, but I, but yeah, because that was the intention. I, I never, I tried I tried not to use gairaigo when I wrote the lyrics for Shiki. But mm. other than that, I never thought about. Probably, I don't think you know Japanese people think about if it's wago or, or kango when you speak or write it's very natural thing and probably where w- you even when you speak in daily lives probably most of the words are wago i guess but there
2: is like you know if you if you go into the business world for instance if you're writing really really formal things uh you might see more and more congo appear right uh yes. and then certain forms of poetry uh have kind of more wago in them uh is there like you know if if you added more to your lyrics do you think they might sound
1: like i don't know yeah,
2: more I, I formal
1: it. yes that, yeah. I, th- I think that's true because you know the these lyrics for shiki you know I, it is uh you know my honest feeling so i wanted to make it closer to your speaking words rather mm-hmm. than something written in the book or so probably that that's the reason the, the most of the words used are wago I guess mm-hmm. that's a, it's a very interesting thing yeah and we
2: actually you, you mentioned gairaigo we did we did actually that was our next question um because there's one you use one gairaigo yeah. on both when you're when you're singing in japanese on shiki and air to despair there's only one and it's goru. um we're wondering why did you decide to avoid gairaigo and on the other hand why did goru get to you know slip in
0: so goru well, is goal and gairaigo is loanword. word just for yeah. anybody who's not Japanese <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah, yes, because you
1: know i I don't know it's a, if you use guygo it's it doesn't sound it sounds too colloquial i guess say colloquial no, that's correct. Yeah. yeah 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 I, I don't know it's very and I wanted to make it a very Japanese album, everything from the artwork mm-hmm. to music to lyrics, so I, just one of the reasons I wanted to to uh avoid gairaigo but uh, yeah as you said goal i thought a lot about it but there's no goal is gold so <laughs> there there there's no japanese word which is exactly same as that japanese word for goal goal is it's it's like as you said it is it has to be like to totach ten or about, like mokuhyo or mokuteki would that be a bit too different well it has a lot of things. Sometimes it's mokhyo. Mm-hmm. But um well in this in this case the goal is about death. Mm. So so it's that the goal the, the, the you you end up your the goal of life is to die is death mm-hmm. because everybody has to die in the end. So goal is about it's it's not of course it's not mokhyo because nobody mm-hmm. wants to die. so mm-hmm. The, the Japanese word for gold in this case has to be like you know, sa- saishu mokutekichi okay. or 倒塔. So, so mm-hmm. th- there is no perfect word for that, and it fits the rhythm. So, I had to leave it gold. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, you know, <laughs> there there is no other way than that.
2: Interesting. You you mentioned colloquial, um, but didn't you said earlier that you wanted to write kind of how you speak? Right? Is is
1: there yeah, it's, a, it's a, the matter of the the, the balance. I, I didn't want to, you know, make it as too colloquial, but it, it's 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 like a monologue. Mm-hmm. So this is kind. You know, it's a, it's about death. So it, it has to be kind of scary. So it had to have some dignity in it. But um, I didn't want it to make it too formal. So it was. It had to be something in between. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. You mentioned a monologue. Um, I just also, I didn't prepare this question, but something I was actually thinking about while listening to the album recently is that um, it is a lot of times like very personal what you're talking about, uh, the fear of death comes up. But there's a lot of times where you ask questions, uh, right? Like, you know, um, Kakaru ka. there's a lot of to uh, show kind of things where you're, you're, it sounds like you're asking the audience, you know, yes. um, you're asking the listener. Is it a, a monologue? Like, are you asking, asking or is it kind of more like a rhetorical question when you do this? Like, is it just something that you're sort of asking into the world, uh, hoping there's some kind of answer? Or is, it, or is it something you actually kind of want someone when you're singing, like an imaginary person you're singing to, to give you a reply?
1: Uh, no, it's, it's a basically a question to myself. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there is one contrast to the wago um, heavy writing that we talked about, um, and that is the occasional use of uh, yōji jūkūgō, or sayings written using four characters. Um, these are cheng in Chinese. Uh, <laughs> uh, this doesn't happen on Air to Despair, but on Shiki, um, you have the song title um, Shōji... West, do you want to... Shōji
1: yes. Mm. Uh, uh, which
0: yes. includes the... Uh, A
1: lot rest. of, yeah. <laughs>
0: Should, should
2: I should I hop in or yeah yeah, yeah go on okay go on. so uh yeah shouja hi, uh hitsumetsu or all that lives must die and that song has yojijukugo like uh, shou metsu uh, senru or all that lives dies and then is reborn eternally and it seems like you kind of create a go in the song um by saying zen aku shingi or good and evil truth and lies. And then the song Shoku includes uh, Goon Joku or the suffering caused by the five Buddhist elements that make up a person. Uh, what effect does using these Yojijukugo um, have in your lyrics? Why do you kind of go back to them as, a, as an element?
1: Well, well, those Yojijukugo are not very well known. But some of <laughs> them are, but, uh, it's, but those are basically some jargon from the you know, Buddhism things. So you know the, the shoja hits me, so, you know all the living things must die. It's it's a basic you know concept of the Buddhism. So this is very Buddhist, it's a Buddhism songs. So that's why I use some you know Buddhist. There they are, are Yojitjukugo, but they are a Buddhism word. Mm-hmm. The, the, the definition of Yojitugo is very, very vague and difficult. Well, well you know, if 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 it's probably you know even, even the japanese people don't understand i don't understand either if you have full kanji can it be go or not there, there's fine line between go and just a full you know serial kanji but mm-hmm. well yeah th- those are, are not you know typical go which you use in your daily life like you know jigo jitoku or mm-hmm. you know that kind of things but those words you go i'm sure most of the japanese people have never heard of it those are mm-hmm. the jargons used in some very very buddhism things so this is it's a bit unusual words does that contrast with the
2: the colloquial kind of feel you're not you're going for like the more you know how you speak you, you mentioned earlier that you kind of wanted yeah. to write how you speak and then you have these words that japanese people don't know
1: what happens with that clash there, or is that clash intended? Yeah, it's it's a kind of contrast, like in a show. It's 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 a it's a very very it's it's a, it's a jargon. But after that, It's it's a very colloquial way to say that. So it's just it's contrast. You know the yoji go, and then comes a very, very what to say. You know, daily life things.
0: Yeah. Um, so you've used the first person perspective um, in songs since your first album, but while um, the English only has um, you know one first person pronoun, I, um, mm. Japanese has a lot of options. Um, so throughout your Japanese lyrics, though, you're using um, almost exclusively ore. Um, mm. So why did you select this uh, pronoun um, instead of you know the alternatives?
1: Well, because that's one of the, the most difficult points in Japanese to write the lyrics. So the most th- th- in usually we usually you know omit the subject mm-hmm. when we speak in, in Japanese, but um well so so usually if you well, it's just very it's very hard to explain, but um well, of course you know the if you the the how you call yourself sets sets the the background of the world world of the lyrics. So if if you say if you call yourself watashi, this can imply you are a female or you are a mature adult, that kind of things. If you call yourself ore, this implies you are a man and um, you are kind of rude. So, the, so the, you know the, there are a lot of levels of politeness how you mm-hmm. call it. So, bok, if if you call call yourself boku, it it. it, it implies you are a boy or you know that kind of thing so so the, the only subject that fits this kind of lyrics like you know the speaking about the fear of that from from the the, the middle aged man ore is the the only choice other subject you know can, cannot express the the background of the the lyrics it's it's very difficult, very difficult to difficult to explain but uh mm-hmm. yeah
2: you use like when you're talking with your friends is ore the pronoun that you use uh in kind of the casual context as well
1: yes yes i, I use ore but uh if in the if i i am in a business scene of mm-hmm. course i use watashi yeah. so yeah
2: um, I noted there are, in your lyrics, a few cases where you're using kind of older forms, such as like a uh, new for instead of nai for endings, like uh, wakaranu instead of wakaranai. Um, okay. Was there any consideration of using an older pronoun like ware or
1: washi or, you know, no, wagahai no. sesha? Oh, those those sound very, very comical things. Oh, okay. S- okay. Sound, sounds funny. It's it's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Yeah. But w- wakaranu, that, that, that is usually connected with the rhythm. You know, this is just a the matter of the, the syllable. Mm-hmm. If, if, if it requires five, I, I would say wakaranai. But if it requires four syllables, then I, I just say wakaranu. So okay. it's rather in you know, the rhythm things rather than, you know.
2: Okay. Well, when you're talking about someone else in your Japanese songs, um, you always call them omai. Uh, as in lines like "omayo korosu, "kana korosu, or "I will kill you, surely kill you." Mm-hmm. Uh, generally speaking, this word "omai" is seen as a version of "you," which has a little bit of implications of like contempt or disrespect uh, compared to other terms. Like you wouldn't uh, say in a business setting, uh, probably you know you wouldn't call like a colleague or um, someone you're interacting with "omai" probably. Uh, Why did you select this particular pronoun? And why did you select specifically omai over other potentially aggressive or rude pronouns like, say, temai or kisama?
1: Temai or kisama sounds comical, too. So it's it's an old word, kisama or uh, Mm. Uh, temai. That is very difficult. Actually, there is no way to call someone In the polite scene in Japanese, omae is rude. Mm -hmm. Anata "anata" is not rude, but it's not polite enough. Mm -hmm. So if you speak to your boss, you usually call his name Mm -hmm. or his title because there's no proper Japanese word to call somebody in front of you politely. This is a very, very strange thing. So if you talk to your um, like, you know, kacho, you do, do you know, your boss, kacho yeah. or buchou, yeah. we call him, kacho or bucho, buchou wa nani nai desu ka, kachou wa you don't say, anata wa nani nai desu ka, because mm. it can be somewhat, you know, rude, rude in some way or another. So it's just one of the very, you know, touchy things in Japanese, but, uh well, because in my lyrics, you know, omae is the only choice, because there is no other word to, because satsui is about killing somebody. It is about the death penalty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is about my personal view on death penalty because I feel somebody, sometimes, you know, the murderer is treated better than the victim. So if some, somebody, you know if, if, you know, if somebody who is very close to me was killed, I would kill the killer so it, it is about you know, that kind of thing so so there's omaya is the only choice to call the killer so mm-hmm. as, as i said Omae, you know implies a disrespect or contempt but it also implies it is somebody that is very close so if you are a very very close friend i will call you omaya omaya do mm-hmm. or your kid or sometimes your girlfriend your wife so yeah this can be rude and somebody really hates to be called omai but it, it sometimes it shows your intimacy what, what, what is it your your mm. close very close relationships with somebody
2: mm. are there times on your albums where you've used omai to show uh kinship or
1: closeness no i don't think so because, <laughs> because I, I don't I, I don't think about kinship at all so. uh-huh.
2: Well, I mean, you mentioned "kisama" being old, and it certainly is a, a pronoun that has been around for a long time. It used to be, you know, respectful way, way, way back in the day. But people still call each other "kisama" when they're angry nowadays, right? Like if you
1: if no it, no? no, just just in TV show or drama, or you <laughs> know, some, some, sometimes you try to be campy or "kisama" <clears throat> is it's very you know kind of funny. If you are really really angry, you wouldn't call somebody kisama it's, it's just only in the tv drama okay yeah. so it, it feels
2: unrealistic
1: in a way then to have it in your no. lyrics Wow, it's, it's no it's it's very hard okay
0: your albums are well known for spelling out the band's name um across mm. every four releases so as in the recent four um you have scenes from hell s in uh Somniphobia, i uh grave ward g and then Air to despair, obviously H. So spelling out Psy, right? Um, Shiki therefore represents a new start to this sequence. Uh, but interestingly, the album itself um, is themed around you know fear of death, as we've just discussed. Um, so is this contrast between personal fear of death and the rebirth of a cycle just by chance, or is this something that you planned?
1: No, it's a, I didn't plan anything. It's just, because you know some people find some cycles. Of the title in the first cycle second cycle third cycle and that uh, the cycle people may think in you know, a cycle has some meaning but uh, to me it doesn't have any meaning at all so <laughs> it's it's just a 12th album and it's just start with s but uh it's it's not a start of the new cycle or anything There's... I'm, I'm not, yeah i'm not sure this this, this can be the, the last album to me I'm, I'm not planning to make three another album because this is just a, the, the, the start of the new cycle or anything so it has nothing to do with the cycle thing
0: oh interesting <laughs> uh,
2: so the cycle is no larger meaning N- not at all
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> Did, when... <sighs>
2: Did you plan it at all? Like, like when you first made, you know, uh, "Scored Defeat," we like, no, okay, the next album is going to be "I." Or did that
1: just happen? Actually, no, "Scored Defeat" was innocent. But uh, when I thought about the, the title for the second album, I just came up of this idea. So mm-hmm. the first one was innocent. If there are from if if there are, it was intentional. But they didn't have a meaning. It was just fun. Yeah, just just a fun for myself i didn't tell anybody even to the band members so probably up to hair where i have i was the only one to Mm -hmm. know about it yeah (laughs) well i was like oh man this is like oh it's interesting because it's about death but it's a whole cycle
2: i was like i was reading into it like and then no not not at all no okay Interesting. There's been a. It's I. I was reading like when when this new album came out uh, on on like Twitter, a bunch of people were talking about like how the albums all have like are themed around like these sets of four in the cycle, and you know how they they represent stylistic groups, and that's all nonsense. No, <laughs> totally nonsense.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's a great point to wrap up on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, just to, to I guess, um, kind of wrap this all up then. Uh, if if you look at, you know, your, your career has been quite long. You've been writing in English and Japanese and about a lot of things. If you were to kind of look at it all together, what do you feel is the role of lyrics in Psy, like as part of your art? And more broadly, what do you think is the role of lyrics and language in metal as a genre?
1: I don't know. This, this is very difficult question for me because you know as I said, I don't see myself as a lyricist because I, I learned a lot about music. I studied the musical theories and you know I was taking the piano lessons from uh, from at the age of four so I'm quite sure about my knowledge about music mm-hmm. but uh, lyrics or poems I never studied or you know anything I just I just wrote. How I felt, or I just got inspired by something I read or something I watched. So I don't know, it's just very hard hard to tell. To me, always music was important mm-hmm. rather than the lyrics. But uh, as I said, as far as the, the latest one, I'm pretty much proud of the, the lyrics because, um, look, now, as I said, I'm 52. And uh, I always wonder what was the meaning in making an extreme music when you are over 50 because mm-hmm. rock music or you know thrush metal was born as a music for the young people. So, you know, I was a teenager when I got into thrash metal I was 20 or something like that when I started size. So, and after 30 years, I was not sure what I should sing about. And what was the point in making an extreme album at the age of 50? But uh, then I came up with the idea that, you know, when you are 50, you know more about death. So probably being older, being elder, is an advantage to make an extreme album. So that's what I thought when I made Shiki. Mm So the the, the lyrics for Shiki is my, is my, it's not fic- fictional at all. That is exactly how I feel these days. So yeah, Shiki means a lot of things, you know, like a mm-hmm. time to die or, you know, the four season. And it mm-hmm. also means a personal note too. So yeah, it is it is hundred personal. It is hundred percent personal note. It's a personal album, but uh well, it, it describes my life at the age of fifty. So I'm I'm proud of it, anyway.
2: Was it, you know, the song's about kind of uh, the album has a lot of things about kind of fear, the fear of death, words like kawaii and kill fu, scary, and you know, fear come up a lot. Yeah. Was it scary at all writing personal lyrics like this? Like, especially going from English, which you mentioned there's kind of a distance from, right? It could be kind of like a horror movie or something that doesn't have the pressure.
1: Was, was it, was do you ever feel nervous? Um, no, writing it, a personal album, no, it was not scary, or it was, it was the, probably, it was the easiest. Because you know the writing the lyrics was always a challenge to me, but at uh, this time it was very easy because I just had to write, you know, the things I felt inside. Mm-hmm. So there is no struggle or anything at all.
2: So it is like like English was freeing initially, but now kind of going back to Japanese and writing this truth was yes. freeing
1: in its own way. Mm-hmm. So you know the writing the fictional lyrics in mm-hmm. Japanese can be very difficult for me at least but um mm. it's just it's just a different thing
0: thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and uh, dissect your lyrics it was really uh, really insightful for us especially yeah. as you're the first uh japanese artist that we've had the chance to speak to on the podcast
1: yeah, you're, mm. you're very welcome so for people that
2: want to uh check out shiki or check out uh anything else that is doing what's the best place they can go to
1: do that well you can you can now you can find anything everywhere on youtube or spotify <laughs> so now we're setting up our own band camp but it, it, it may take a lot more time so probably going to youtube or spotify would be the best yes mm.
0: and we should also mention that sai's coming to australia as well oh, yes. quite soon in february so for any of us australian listeners i think unfortunately for australian listeners who might want to attend these shows i believe they're already sold out but um if you can get tickets i definitely recommend it we'll be seeing you in melbourne
1: yeah actually this is my first time to be in australia so i'm really mm. looking forward to it yeah it's a. Uh, I mean it's, it's a good place we like it yeah <laughs> yeah i guess so yeah somehow i never had a you know the opportunity to be there but i finally yeah mm. it's it's pretty uh, yeah it's,
2: it's interesting quite you know not too far away and there's definitely no. a lot of
1: uh uh kind of back and forth
2: a lot of um Metal bands here love going yeah, up and true. playing in Japan. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Oh, you're yeah. very Cheers. welcome. Thank you. Really appreciate your time.
0: Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Have nice weekend. Bye. Hey. Thank you for listening to Lingua Rutalica. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope you stay tuned for our next episode. Before we leave, we just wanted to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kula Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past and present.